Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you this morning? Hello there, Sir Ellen of the Roundtable. I am doing uh, excellent. Even even by my standards, I'm doing great. Well, sure, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's saying something. It's excellent, yeah. How about you? Uh, my ears are bleeding. Uh, the, the audio kind of came in a little hot there. I yeah. don't know if you heard that or not. I don't think that Harvey is uh, Harvey's here. Oh, Harvey's he's, here. He's, a, he's in the sound booth. I don't yeah. think he's paying attention. He seems really grumpy. It's on 11, apparently. I, I didn't know it went that high. <laughs> yeah. I saw Spinal Tap. Yeah. I know what that means. Yeah, it's 11. Yeah. 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 Wow. So well, why is he grumpy? Well, I, I don't know all the details, but uh, first of all, Constantine was supposed to be here. Yeah, because he was supposed to be here last time, and he oh, asked yeah, yeah. Harvey to fill in for him. Sure, and he's supposed to be here this time, and he asked Harvey to fill in for him again. Wow. Okay. Well, I can see why he'd be grumpy. So then. he's a uh, apparently Constantine had a hot date. Another uh, one. Last, uh, I don't know. Maybe is the same one. Um, I guess, but I think that, and I mean, Harvey doesn't maybe know this. Yeah. But I think it's his sister. Oh no. <laughs> hey Harvey, did you know that? I shouldn't have said anything. You really shouldn't. Is this was this wasn't this the the woman he met on onionmatch.com? I I don't know if that's a thing or not, but it may it's be. What he told us. Yeah, that's yeah. what he told us. Yeah. Uh it may have been. So yeah, he's doing good. I don't know. We should check that out and see if that's real. It's it got to be <laughs> You're not real. Right. So yeah. All right. Hey, why don't we get into this podcast? <laughs> yes, Mark. please. Hey, uh this is uh uh word uh, <laughs> What are we doing? I don't know. We are doing season 6. Episode Episode four, doppelganger. If you say so, okay, yeah, right. That's what I prepared right. for. I don't know what you prepared for. But, I'm just uh, here for the coffee. <laughs> I need. I'm just letting top. you wig it, man. Yeah, doppelganger. Yeah, no, sure. Good. At least you're being honest about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this week, so yeah, this one first aired on October 10th. Uh, that's my anniversary, by the way. Oh, uh, 2013. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, ha happy anniversary back in 2013 to my lovely wife. So uh, this week's episode was directed by Kay Karras. Mm -hmm. uh, one of one. Whatever will be, will be. <laughs> I think that's Saras or Ra, but yeah, close. Well, the French pronounce it different, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Well, but yeah. hopefully Jay knows yeah, that. Yeah, I'm international. So, are you? Yeah, okay. sure. Okay. You're, you're rolling big. All right. <laughs> well... You might know Jay from things like Frank TV, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks, of course, Workaholics, which I think we both like, uh, Teacher Superstore, which we both like. Oh, yes. Acapulco. Uh, I don't remember that one. I have to look that one up. Uh, Abbott Elementary, which I know I really like. Oh, me too. Uh, oh, yeah, you yeah, do? Yeah. Good. So yeah, that, that's now. a big hit in our yeah, house. Yeah, and then Ghosts, the CBS version. I also remember the show teachers and i don't know if you ever saw that that was pretty funny i i recognized the title when i was looking at his bio but i i don't really have a lot of memories of the show just that it existed i now having been a fan of that show which yeah. i don't think gained really mainstream popularity yeah. yeah but i see a lot of elements in it that are now in abbott yeah, elementary that, that's good so yeah. yeah that makes sense and uh man what a good show that is so. yeah, absolutely this week's episode was written by Donick Carey. This is the first of three for Donick. Uh, Donick has a long writing history, a very prolific writing career, as much as Jay does on directing. Uh, but uh, Donick got started with The Late Show with David Letterman, if I, I remember seeing that in person once. That was wow. awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, uh, that was an event. Uh, Simpsons, Bored to Death, New Girl, Parks, AP Bio, and uh, Welcome to Flash is his latest effort. So That's awesome. Yeah, pretty yeah. good. 
good stuff. So like I said, this would be the first of three that he ultimately writes. So, uh, hey, Mark, why don't you get us into our synopses and we'll get this thing rolling. Oh, I'm gonna. Don't 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 think you can tempt me. You know, I look when 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 the bullfighter yeah. goes out into the arena and waves the red cape. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't. The bull's not just going to go. Nah, nah he's going to come out. So, so, well, it's so get ready. So here. So here come the synopses. <laughs> right. Um well, I phoned in the title. So, so you've been doing so well with your uh, yeah, uh, I did again music uh, uh, theme yeah, or all sorts of stuff. So I am going to suck on purpose yeah. so that the spotlight for once can be on you. Okay, fair and, enough. Because I'm lazy. Wow. All right. So I had a total of three stories. Hey, all right. All good right. job. We're that starting out nice. good. Yes, that's Excellent. a good sign. Good sign. Excellent. Excellent. Yay for me. Okay. So the, the A story I have as entitled uh, Eagleton Counterparts. There you go. Do something with that. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't want to say you phoned that in, but I I, I, I didn't even bother to pick up my phone. No. Like I think that I uh, mimeographed that in. <laughs> you really did. Yeah. Oh God. Speaking of school, I remember mimeographs. Me too. Yeah. All right. When we last left our heroes at the end of last episode, Alan, which had the really long title, the Pawnee Eagleton tip off classic. Yeah. So at the end of that one, Eagleton was actually, if you remember, absorbed back into uh, Pawnee with with the two cities kind of glomming together and and actually returning to how it was in 1817 before Eagleton seceded. Um, Leslie is charged with sorting the Eagleton government into their new uh, departments. I think they called her the merging czar, Czar. if I remember right. And as a result, the Parks Department specifically takes on uh, four new employees in air quotes uh from eagleton donna is paired with craig who is crazy and intense but loves his job and is very good at it april is paired with tenifer who is kind of useless i don't yeah. know i don't want to get on that um ron is paired with ron dunn who initially seems very much like ron and thus causing ron to like him at least at first and finally tom is paired with eric which he soon realizes is not a person named Eric, but rather a computer program, Eagleton Reservation Information Center. Oh, I see. Worst of all, this uh, overload of new employees to the Parks and Rec Department leads to Leslie having to make some hard decisions. She's forced to cut down the number of people on staff. What will happen? How does each member of the gang react to their Eagleton counterpart? Will Ron find a rare friend, or is this a false alarm? Seeing as there are now too many employees, who will Leslie get rid of? Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Uh, that's an excellent uh, summary of our A story. Thank you. Now give us the real title that is not mine yeah. at all. So my theme this week was discarded band titles. Okay. Yeah, I okay. thought that'd be fine. I like a, like, like Rat Mouse. Like Rat Mouse, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, these are available for college bands everywhere. So have at them. Uh, <laughs> okay. So for my A story, I, I kind of had two. The first one was uh, Cool Ron and the Sugar Train. All right. <laughs> like that? Yeah. And then uh, Mustard Cookie Mayhem. 
Oh, that's, I couldn't that, really decide, but, but both of those are in the theme of 60s soul bands. Sure. All right. So next will be progressive rock. So go ahead. Oh, I like that. Yeah. A very psychedelic. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, my B story, I, I did a lit, little better, little with, better with regards to the title. I called it. You went to a fax from Mimeograph. I, I called it Adventures of the Auditing Brothers. That, that's so much better. Is it? Yeah. A little better. It's a low bar, but yeah, I, I, I jumped <laughs> over it. So. While Pawnee reabsorbing Eagleton may be a brilliant move in many ways, the unfortunate reality is still that Eagleton's government lost millions of taxpayer dollars and needs someone to swoop in and clean up the obscene mess that they made. Enter Chris and Ben, auditing brothers. Da, da, da. The pair is excited to be working uh, as auditors back kind of like in their old uh, roles oh, and yeah. working with each other. And once again, having the opportunity to demonstrate their amazing teamwork via their now infamous uh, good cop, bad cop, or or Chris cop, Ben cop. <laughs> there it is. Uh, you know, Chris gets everyone in a good mood, and then Ben kablam! It, yeah. it says, here's your budget. Ribbons. I'm going to hack it at ribbons, ribbons. And they really get into the task, and they realize how well they work together, and they they realize how much fun they're having. How will this turn out? Are the auditing brothers ultimately successful at slashing the Eagleton budgets? What can they do to keep the excitement and momentum going? Has Chris told Ben about he and Ann? Potentially leaving Pawnee. Uh-oh. Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Thank you. Well, as I said, this one would be a progressive rock band. Sure. Discarded title. And uh, mine was uh, Mr. Buttons in the Balance Sheet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you like that? Is it? Wasn't it his... Uh, uh, That's his calculator. Wasn't it Dr. Buttons? Uh, yeah, but in this case, he, he hadn't, didn't have his degree yet. He's He's... <laughs> Just about to finish his postdoctor. Look, Doctor Buttons got his start somewhere. That's at right. one point, he, he was simply he was just Mr. Mr. Buttons. Buttons to yeah, you. he yeah, doesn't even right. have an undergraduate that's degree. Correct. He's just yeah. a guy working for Taco Bell, <laughs> trying to make his little calculator way through life. Look, you know, you got to pay for college somehow. I understand. That's right. I hear he made a little slide rule, and they had. Let's just move on. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about your C story, Mark? My C story title sucks. It's called. <laughs> moving away <laughs> that's oh, it that's uh, worse than the first i one. know i like i went bad and then i went eh, okay and okay, then i just yeah. went to Sucktown. town it's like you fell asleep this is words it's like it's, it's i just i should have just called it sea story yeah this one came in <laughs> <laughs> all this right one came in on a carrier pigeon apparently oh it really did yeah. like i had a squadron of ants just kind of shamu it to into your nice. into your uh, inbox all right so continuing the plot line, um, actually, that was brought up in the last episode, the Pawnee Eagleton tip-off classic, Anne and Chris are now seriously considering moving away from Pawnee to raise their child. Knowing Leslie will not repeat, not take this well, Anne tries to strategize the perfect way to break the news to her. First, she introduces Leslie to her Eagleton equivalent, and then once that breaks the ice and they start talking, and then Anne tells her about what they're thinking about, and then before Leslie has an opportunity to fully start reacting, Anne apparently has several Leslie-specific distractions on hand, uh, trying to make sure that, that things don't spiral out of control. Yep. What will happen? Will Anne's well-thought-out diversions prevent Leslie from melting down? Are there any side effects of Leslie trying to absorb this news? Can Leslie get to a point where she truly accepts that Anne may be leaving? 
Hang in there, true believers only. Time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Uh, on the description, not right. the title. Right, no, title yeah. sucks on title's ice. Horrible. Yeah, yeah. So, so mine, the last of the three, uh, I went to 70s Power Rock this time. Okay. Yeah, and the discarded title is The Michigan Motherload. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. You like that? I so, do like that. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. So one of us had to try this week. So I, I it was agree. me. It was my turn. You know what? I, I, I'm thinking if if the last few episodes are any indication, Alan, I may say, hey, what's the title of our A story, Alan? And just <laughs> I won't even try. I'll just be like, I, I'm I, just... I don't think that's fair. I, I think maybe the last couple of weeks, maybe that's true. But you've had some good ones. I, I, occasionally, one week. I, occasionally, I occasionally have a good one. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, there. Yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Those are three stories. Nice. Yeah. Nice job. Well, hey, uh, what was your one and only AKA? Oh, yeah. The one and only AKA that I only picked one of. I I, uh, I actually had a hard time picking one. But I did too. one thing that made me giggle was uh, Ben and Chris are out eating a, a attempted healthy dinner and is not so healthy. And and Chris <laughs> is always very health uh, conscious. He's he eats healthy and he's but he's in Pawnee and this is problematic. And he's eating a salad that should be healthy and has got all sorts of uh. bad stuff. It's just bad stuff and bad stuff. And he he uh, is is uh, he celebrates for a second because he looks down and he says, oh, something healthy, a cherry tomato and plops it in his mouth. <laughs> nope. Gumball. Gumball. <laughs> How about you? What was yours? Oh, I can relate to having that salad. Yep. Um, uh, mine was uh, from Tennifer, her her great lasting contribution. You mean Tenny? Tenny, of course. That's what yeah, we call we, her. We call her Tenny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Xanax o'clock. Oh, it's Xanax o'clock somewhere. It is. It's a time zone thing. It's a t-shirt, Mark. That's oh, going to be Of course it is. Yeah. One of these days we're going to go back. I'm actually tracking all the t-shirts we've said we're going to make. And one day we're going to go make them. Oh, yeah. 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 So there you go. Well, nice job, Mark, on the uh, your breakdown, uh, on your titles, kind of, and on your AKA. <laughs> well, thank you. Why don't we jump into the breakdown now? All right. Jumping in head first and feet first. So it's just like a giant U going towards the water. Sounds it's, like a cannonball. It's, it's very... Uh... It's very uncomfortable. All right. So we got the cold open here. This is a relatively short cold open, at least by some standards. It's less than a minute. Um, and we start with Leslie giving us a brief talking head about the historic changes that were just made. Hey, Harvey. Hey. Hey there, Grumpy. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, can you start us off? Play the cold open. Thanks, man. This is a historic day. At 12.01 this morning, the city of Eagleton ceased to exist and was reabsorbed back into Pawnee. Things are exactly the way they were back in 1817, except you know, women and minorities can vote, we have indoor toilets, and we no longer burn widows for learning arithmetic. <laughs> Councilwoman Nope is your merger czar, and in the binders that she's provided, you will find directions to your department in Pawnee that most closely matches your department in Eagleton. There are two Eagleton departments Pawnee does not have, the Department of Infinity Pool Design <laughs> and the Department of Dressage, yeah. which I am told is a fancy horse riding thing. It is horse dancing, madam. madam. Okay, take it easy, Alonzo. All you horse dancing people, sit in your saddles, if you will. The rest of you, welcome to your new departments. Attention, Eagleton is now under martial law. No. <laughs> <laughs> April thought she could sneak that in. She did. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Leave it to April. Yeah. Martial law. Yeah. 
Maybe it should be, though. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's worth considering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice job. Well, Mark, we kick off our main episode in the bullpen where merger efforts are underway. And first up, it appears we have a few too many combined staff members, including an actual pair of Rons. Yeah. Yeah. It. it we're, we're in the bullpen and Leslie is talking to the gang about who they are about to be paired up with some Eagleton. I don't think the Eagleton half of these pairs are there yet. Not so yet. I think she's yeah. just talking to the yeah. gang. They're in transit. They're in transit. And, and she's, they're bringing that mimeograph. <laughs> she's, well, they're, they're, they're doing the horse dressage thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, that's they're, that's horse they're, dancing, madam. Easy there, Alonzo there. Uh, so, so Donna, apparently, so Leslie gives these marching orders. Donna is going to be paired up with this dude named Craig. April will be paired up with Tinnifer, which is just as fun to spell as it sounds like it is fun to spell. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, with two two wise two wise yeah ron will be paired up with ron which that's easy to remember bully um and tom will be paired up with his replacement eric who leslie doesn't know a lot about but here's is amazing amazing yeah leslie also surprises everyone by introducing their new filing temp yep he's back fresh out of retirement jerry i mean gary no but the gang boos but no, at least why they... leslie why Come on, Leslie. And, but at least they make up a new name for him, Larry. So, it, you know, it just grows. Um, and then the scene ends with a Leslie talking head where we see, we visually see a whiteboard uh, on an easel with everybody's names on it, both from Pawnee and Eagleton. Right. And, and it's kind of like a keep, get rid of yeah. uh, a list. And yeah. Like, where am I going to move this one? And yeah. where am I going to yeah, move Yeah, you want to be one? on the left side of that list. You want to be on the left side? Yeah. And, and. You know, she tells us that, yeah, she's going to try to save as many jobs as possible, of course. With with sudden influx of employees, they got to get rid of some people. And, of course, all the Pawnee people are gold, Alan. We know that. Gold, Jerry. Yeah, gold, Jerry. Larry. Speaking of which, that's the reason that, that he gets the new nickname, Larry, because he, he has the audacity to ask that, you know, with this reset, he would like to be called by his real given Since name. we're starting fresh. Yeah, which is Gary. Right. April ain't having that. No, no, no. He's Larry now. No, Larry Gingrich. Gingrich, yeah, right. And do you notice the funny thing? When we first see the when the Leslie talking head at the end of this, and we first see the easel that represents the decisions that she needs to right. make, what does it say? Larry. Larry. It's right on there. Because, I mean, look, it <laughs> rules are rules. <laughs> Apparently, this is not, you know, she's got to follow the rules. It's now Larry. So he put down Larry. I wonder if if when he gets his new his new idea, I assume he'll get a new one now as a temp or something like that, that it will actually say Larry. On it. It's got to. It has to. It's yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get into that and check it out. Well, Mark, while Leslie and the gang are preparing to meet their Eagleton doppelgangers, Chris and Ben get a chance to dust off their old vaudeville routine and once again, play good cop, bad cop and their trustworthy sidekick. Dr. Buttons. <laughs> he's he's now a doctor. Again. That's nice. Yeah. It's nice when we see a little uh, humble calculator succeed yeah. and get somewhere in life. That's right. Um, yeah. We now cut to Chris's office where Chris and Ben are meeting with a bunch of, I don't know, muckety mucks from the town yeah. formerly known as Eagleton. Well, um, like they, it's their accountants. Uh, this one town has like four accountants. It, it does. Um, they're, they're all about excess there. But they don't like this gauche to talk about money. So I don't know. 
I guess they're going to talk about tiaras yeah, or stuff like that, horse yeah. dressage or whatever that is. So anyway, these bozos, man, they lost millions of dollars of taxpayer dollars. I mean, that's just the reality, right? And so now it's time to clean up the mess. And who better to tackle this cleanup than the tried and true team of Traeger and Wyatt accounting bros, or should I say Chris Cop, Ben Cop? There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice. Well, Mark, in these next few scenes, most of the staff get to know their Eagleton counterparts. And while there are not a lot of love connections, our Ron Squared scenario looks to be off to a promising start. This is a it was interesting what they did here from a from a, a you know, mechanical or even artistic yeah. perspective. This is basically a, a collection of little vignettes. And yeah, and there there's there's five of them. They're very tiny scenes, but um, it's where the gang, as you said, Alan, they're they're first meeting their their Eagletonian counterparts. Um, I, I mean, and I guess there are five tiny scenes if you count one with Jerry, Gary, Larry, um, which he's in there. Um, hey, Harvey, uh, play this delightful collection of vignettes, please, sir. Thank you. Hi, you reached the voicemail of Larry Gengerch. <laughs> Please leave your message after the tone. Well, when Leslie called to see if I could help, Gail and I were just getting on a cruise ship to the Bahamas. I said, Gail, put that bikini away because Pawnee needs me. Oh, somebody forgot a banana in here. Oh, 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 oh that's disgusting. Hi, I'm Donna. Oh, that is the perfect name for you. I love it. Never change it. Wasn't Donna. <laughs> You're Craig, right? Oh, yes, I hate that name. So boring. Sound like someone's cousin, Craig, Craig. Wanna be a Spanish man named Terrence, but that didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> so here's my list of duties. I'm basically the office manager. How about you? Oh, I did everything. Everything. I carried the Eagleton department on my shoulders for years and I loved every second of it. You don't even know. <laughs> I'm sorry, wow. was your name Jennifer? No, it's Tinnifer with two Ys. I used to be Jennifer, but then I decided to rebrand myself. Oh, wait, hang on. It's on X o'clock. There it is. <laughs> um, well, nice to meet you. My name's April, and I just wanted to say that your dress is so cute, it's bonks. I saw my spinning instructor wearing it, and I was like, shut up, where do I get that? Oh my god, who's your spinning instructor, Gregory or Winona? I go to Giannis, who are Gregory and Winona? I've never heard of them before. Are they better? Winona rocks my world. Seriously, you need to get me in there. Like, that's a must, must, must. <laughs> She's the worst person I've ever met. I want to travel the world with her. <laughs> Ron. Ron. Last name? Dunn. Is that your name, or are you telling me you're finished talking? Both. Done and done. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Well, well, well. You must be Eric. I'm Rajiv from IT. This is Eric. Eric is a computer program? It stands for Eagleton Reservation Information Center. It does all the scheduling in Eagleton. I'm here to install it. But scheduling's the main part of my job. You still have a human being in charge of booking tennis courts? What is this, 1990? I guess that explains the shoulder pads. Oh. <laughs> wow. How did he notice these? <laughs> oh, boy. It's something for somebody to call Tom out on his uh, fashion sense. I know. Yeah. I know. I, Especially those, an IT guy. Those are some really fun scenes. I, I love the meeting of the two Rons. Oh, yeah. Um, done and done. 
I like Ron. <laughs> like very succinct. His little giggle too. I also love when, yeah, I love when April oh, met yeah. Tinnifer and she the, sees the, the smells the, of blood in the water. The first few sentences, she's kind of taking her measure. Yeah. And once she hears it's Xanax o'clock, you see her eyes light up like yeah. April now has a science experience. Yes. She goes in for the kill at that point. Yep. Yes. Love it. Love it. That's terrific. Well, Mark, over in Leslie's office, we meet Anne's counterpart, and Anne also takes the opportunity to share some potentially upsetting news with Leslie. Yeah, we, we cut to Leslie's office, and we see Anne walking in, like you said, Alan, with her health department counterpart from Eagleton, Evelyn, who Anne introduces to Leslie. And I think Evelyn is a bit stunned at the change from the rather healthy Eagletonians to well, Pawnee, you know, yeah. is, light, is a big difference. Less healthy. And Let's just say that. Anyway, Evelyn then leaves, and Anne, clearly nervous, tells Leslie that she wants to talk to her about <sighs> stepping down and turning over her job to Evelyn. And we see Le Leslie starts to get a panicked look on her face. And then Anne goes on, like, okay, the band is going to get ripped off. Anne goes on to tell her she and Chris have been talking, and they're thinking about leaving Pawnee and moving somewhere else to start their family. Leslie gets a more panicked look on her face. And then knowing Leslie well, and stops going down that path. And instead she out of nowhere, I don't know where she was no. hiding this. Like, like almost, this was a magic trick. She pulls from, from below the desk, a giant, giant. plate of waffles yeah. and whipped cream. And, What's this? And it, it kind of works. Like Leslie's like, what is it? Wait, what are you saying? With, but there's waffles. And she starts like mouth feet, force feeding uh, them to Leslie. And it's oh pretty clever. God. Wait, what were you saying? Just enjoy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, after a quick break, the conversation continues in Leslie's office. And Leslie seems to have a pretty severe case of, I can't hear what you're telling me because I don't like it. Itis. Right, right, right. We're still in Leslie's office. I think at this point, Leslie may have like, Anger consumed that entire plate of waffles and whipped cream. So. And at this point, Anne is pulling out every trick in the book she can think of to keep things from escalating with Leslie. Hey, Harvey, play this clip, man. Thanks. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're telling me you're not thinking about leaving Pawnee. <laughs> I am thinking about leaving. Is this one of those classic Anne not jokes? Like, I'm leaving Pawnee, not. I don't do that. I was hoping that you had started. It's not definite. It's just neither of us are from Pawnee and... I have a whole family in Michigan, and Chris is missing life in a bigger city, and I just wanted to talk uh -oh. to you about it so you uh -oh. could hear it from me. Do you hear that galloping? Hmm? What? Oh my, look at that! <laughs> Joe Biden on a horse, shirtless, that's amazing! <laughs> uh, I got a ton of work to do, I'm super busy, so you can let yourself out. Look, if Anne wants to leave Pawnee, I get it. I mean, who wants to stay in the greatest town in the world with her best friend and be happy forever when she can abandon her soul sister like an old shoe and move to a garbage city full of jerks? <laughs> I get it. No hard feelings. <laughs> no hard feelings. I, I think hard feelings. I think there are many, many hard feelings yeah. actually at the moment. Now, even though that attempt at distraction didn't go as planned, that was a pretty good attempt. It was very good. Joe Biden shirtless on a, a horse. horse. That is amazing. With a personal message to Leslie. Yes. Oh, you couldn't have crafted a better distraction. And did her, she she knows Leslie very well. Yeah, she did her due diligence. Yeah, she she had an answer for both stages of the conversation. It just, it wasn't enough. No. Yeah. Oh, see. 
Well, following the less than stellar outcome of her conversation with Anne, Leslie heads out into the bullpen to learn how April's crazed, amazing conversation mm. with Tinnifer is progressing. Mm. Yeah, we now cut to the Parks and Rec conference room, which, aka the Jerry Gergich Memorial Conference Room. It is now. Now, did that change by proxy? to the Larry Gingrich Memorial Conference Room. How know. does that work? We're going to have to zoom in on that nameplate as soon as we I can. agree. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so they go there. And a still visibly upset Leslie is now meeting with April and her new BFF, Tinnifer, or a Tinny for short, as April likes to call her now, and see if they've been able to get along and compare notes on their respective duties, blah, blah, blah. And we have two main takeaways from this scene, Alan. A, Leslie is obviously still very upset about what she just learned about Anne, and we see the beginnings of her starting to unravel. And B, April is really playing up this BFF act with Tennifer. At least, I think it's an act. I'm, I'm gonna guess it's an act, but we don't know yet for sure. I don't know exactly how April's brain works. I think this is a science experiment. I believe it is as well. Right. Well, and Leslie probes a little bit too, you know, asking, you know, Tenor for a few things about herself. Like, you know, does she have any kids? Do you have any kids? <laughs> says, no. Oh, no. no. I've had so much rejuvenation that I don't think a baby could get out of there if I tried. Yeah, it's bad. It's like the Sarlacc bit. It's not oh, going to happen. Oh, God. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Well, at Donna's desk, employee parlays continue, and Donna, along with us, gets an entire dose of her counterpart, Craig. Yeah, we're we're in the bullpen, and and we we see the scene unfold with, as you mentioned, Donna and Craig. And Donna is on the phone with, I think, a landscaping person. That sounds and right. I, I I don't think we can do this justice. Yeah. Hey, Harvey, play this clip as well. Thanks, man. I guess we can make a switch to Bermuda grass. It's only eighty cents more per square foot. What? Gimme, gimme, gimme. You want me to put Bermuda grass in a continental climate that's a six on the Beaufort scale in a park with zero drainage? I want Kentucky bluegrass, I want a 10% discount, and I want you to apologize to my best friend, Donna! Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, is there, and I'm just guessing here, some kind of medication that you maybe need a lot of and have taken none of, or maybe too much of today? Oh, I have, I have a medical condition, all right. It's called caring too much, and it's incurable! Oh. <laughs> Also, I have eczema. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> Craig, Craig is 10 pounds of crazy in a five-pound bucket, but he at seems least. good oh at his God. job. Well, and he, he, he you can't accuse him of not caring. Right, right. My God. Oh, boy. Well, in the bullpen, Leslie meets up with Ron Squared, and we quickly discover that not all relationships that start off on the right foot become lasting ones. Yeah, we're, we're once again in the Parks and Rec conference room. I, I think that's the theme is, is Leslie is meeting with all of the pairings yeah, to she's see how make it's going. her way around, yeah. And this time the pairing is Ron and Eagleton Ron, a.k.a. Ron Dunn. Um, hey, <laughs> I, I, Harvey, I know. I know we just played a clip. I, Dude, I know, but this is good. So please play this one. Thank you. Okay, Eagleton Ron, tell me a little about yourself. Well, I love the outdoors, love nature. Amen. I'm a big believer in environmental conservation, uh -oh. recycling and composting and the like. Uh -oh. I'm a yoga nut, and I'm a nut nut. <laughs> they make delicious milks, man. And I'm a vegan, of course, slowly working towards full freaking vegan. Oh, God. God's name is freaking vegan. You only eat vegetables that have been thrown out in people's dumpsters. 
What is on your foot, sir? My trusty sandals. <laughs> the man's feet should remain uncaged. Same goes for all chickens. Well, uh, Eagleton <laughs> Ron, we here in Pawnee value loyalty above all else. So would you be opposed to signing an official loyalty pledge to our new town? As long as that new town were open to the ideals of communal living, where everyone pitches in towards a common good, in the immortal words of Cat Stevens, you want to be free, be free. I no longer like Ron. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was good while it lasted. It, it was. Oh, easy come, easy go. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well, in Tom's office, Eric may only be an acronym, but so far, Tom is the only one who knows that. And what Leslie doesn't know clearly cannot hurt her. I mean, Tom. Well, Alan, Eric is not just an acronym. It's an acronym that could replace him. So Tom <laughs> yes. needs to take some action here. So we cut to Tom's office and Tom gives us a brief talking head unveiling his uh, master plan to eliminate his Eagleton competition, the computer program, Eric. In short, while we and Tom know that Eric is a computer program, apparently Leslie does not. She thinks Eric is a uh, person, just one that she's never seen. So therefore, Tom has taken it upon himself to clutter up Eric's desk with uh, trash and uh, uh, nudie mags and uh, all sorts of uh, stuff. He's a real slob and he's a he's something else. And 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 then uh, Tom tells Leslie, "Oh, Eric has got a bad attitude. He doesn't want to be there hardly at all, and he's unreliable. He may be a little racist." And and all the while, he also tells Leslie, "Look, you got a lot on your plate. Let me talk with him. See if I can turn him around." So Tom may be an idiot, but he's a smart idiot. He is a smart idiot. Yep. And he thinks he may have even been to jail. Although, you know what? Maybe those are just regular face tattoos. Yeah, just regular run of the mill. <laughs> like you get at, you know, Stuckies Or Walmart. Yeah. In the parking lot. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, meanwhile, in the city manager's office, Eagleton demonstrates they clearly have put the ass in assets. And Ben and Chris find their old rhythm family show I don't see a reason to curse but okay um yeah this is a, a very another very very short scene it's in Chris's office and we see the auditing brothers Ben and Chris continue to uh, hack away at the budget of the town formerly known as Eagleton and not only do they appear to be making good progress but the guys are genuinely really excited about revisiting their old roles and working together my favorite part of that scene was uh, Chris's uh, celebratory lunges. Yeah. Only Chris. Yeah, yeah. And I love, did you see the framing of that shot too? So, you know, he could have pointed any way to do these lunges, but no, he points right at Ben, who is on, you know, I think Dr. Buttons there and just cannot look up. Right. It is just a funny, funny visual. <laughs> so got to check that out. Some there right around, uh, I think, what, 12.05 probably. Right, right. Well, back in the bullpen, the decision between Donna and Craig seems like a done deal, at least at first. And Leslie begins to fall apart at the seams. Yeah, Leslie's continuing meeting with the pairings, or at least that's kind of the concept. Now, for this particular meeting, I believe it's just Donna. I, I don't know where Craig is. He maybe is yelling about Kentucky bluegrass somewhere. But um, so Donna is asking how things are going and how is, how is Craig and how they get along. And, and and to Leslie's surprise, Donna tells her that Craig actually is a keeper. Like he is intense and crazy for sure, but he cares about his job and he's good at it. And honestly, mm. like truth gun to her head, she'd probably choose Craig over herself. Uh -oh. This coupled with Jerry Gary Larry's 
intended helpful offer to go back into retirement if cuts actually need to be done, send Leslie now over the edge. So now, now she thinks everybody wants to leave, like everybody's abandoning her. And, and the band's breaking up. And she starts like crazy ranting and Anne happens to walk in behind her while she's starting to crazy rant and hears all this and Anne realizes, look, this is about me. I know you're mad at me. She tries talking to her. But Leslie ain't having it. Like she's either too hurt or too stubborn or both. And Leslie storms off. And the last thing we see in the scene is a brief Leslie talking head where she tells the camera that as the mergers are yeah. between Pawnee and Eagleton, she's going to enforce loyalty the only way she knows how with complicated legalese. And then we see her actually visibly hold up a thick document that is named loyalty contract. Oh boy. So well, yeah, nothing could go wrong with that plan. Oh no, this is, <laughs> this is, uh, it is, it was bad. And speaking of which in Leslie's office, the gang reacts to Leslie's new approach to loyalty. And she proves that she is, if nothing else, capable of compromise. Well, at least upon her death anyway. Mark. Oh dear God. <laughs> so this is, this is kind of a conceptual continuation of where Leslie just was at yeah, the last scene. Yeah. Like she held up that loyalty yep. contract. Well, apparently the gang, the Pawnee part of the they've gang, they've gotten their copies. They've gotten their copies yeah. and are like, "What the what?" Yeah. So we see the gang in this case, Ron, Tom, April, and Donna walk into Leslie's office to talk to her. They're obviously aware of these new loyalty contracts and obviously not willing to sign them. When pressed, Leslie could only give the statement, "What's the big deal? I'm just trying to stop time with legally binding friendship contract. What part of that do you not understand?" <laughs> and with that, they all put their unsigned contracts on Leslie's desk and walk out. I. And I think at this point they are irritated with her, but yeah. I think more than that, they're a little concerned about her. Well, yeah, she's kind of, like I said, she's falling apart at the seams. She a little is. Bit. It's yeah, visible. Yeah. Right. Well, and her last ditch effort as they leave is, you know, she says, fine, you only have to work here until I'm dead. Is that better? Right. Right. <laughs> it is not better, but she thinks it's it, better. Well, you know, she's desperate at this point. Yeah. Well, as Pawnee Ron tries to figure out what horrific smell Eagleton Ron is emitting, Leslie changes tactics and gathers her new best friends from Eagleton. Yeah, we, we the scene starts out briefly in the bullpen where we see at this point both Pawnee and Eagleton employees have kind of gathered. Although, as you alluded to, Alan, I think Leslie is only interested in talking to one half of them, and it's not the half that you might no. think. Hey, Harvey, do the thing, man. Play this clip, please. What in the name of all that is holy is that smell? Yerba mate tea. Sweetened with stevia. It's an all-natural plant extract. Shut your damn mouth. No need to curse. There most certainly is. Okay, all Eagleton people meet me in the conference room. All Pawnee people sit at your desks and take it personally. I kind of feel like we got off on the wrong foot. So I made Unity cookies with the Pawnee Town's original colors of blue and yellow. However, I did not have yellow frosting, so I had to use mustard. But do not worry, <laughs> I put tons of sugar on them so it will even it out. Mmm, <laughs> sugar mustard. That's awful kind of you, Leslie. I'm afraid those are a little too sweet for me. I unhooked from that big sugar train over 30 years ago. You are a man of principle, and I respect that, cool Ron. So, what's your story, new Anne? You're kind of pretty. I mean, you're not Anne pretty, but you have potential. <laughs> Thank you, but I, I don't work in this department. Shut your kind of pretty mouth and uh, eat a mustard cookie. Okay, so let's chit-chat, huh? Let's get to know each other and then become familiar best friends. I don't have time for this. I'm halfway through designing a bamboo gazebo as a tribute to the founders of Motown. <laughs> so, Craig, 
Oh, Craig, we have fun, don't we? Do you guys remember when this all started and I came in here with the cookies and then Craig said something so Craig and we all laughed and we were like, Craig! Do you, do you think it would be weird if we held hands? Probably. This way, please. Excuse me, Ron. I'm talking oh, to my best friends. Let me go. Best friends, attack Ron! <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think that was that was a mercy grab by Ron. Yeah, because instead of letting Leslie continue to just spiral and fall, Leslie Ron is just like, look, th- come with me. I am grabbing you and removing you, and we need to talk. He's like that little hook they have on stage right to pull you off. Uh, just yeah, that's time. the one Fozzie Bear gets on the, the Muppet it, Show. It is. Yeah, I know. Waka waka. Yeah. Well, over in the city manager's office, Chris and Ben have wrapped up for the day and are ready to celebrate. Yeah, th- this is uh, yet again another short scene in Chris's office. And uh, the auditing bros, Ben and Chris, are, as you said, done for the day. And they're happily basking in their in their uh, successes and their efforts and, you know, concerning both their former roles as auditors and working together again. And it feels like in some ways the old juice is back, you know, and and, uh, and Ben suggests that they keep the momentum going and go out for a, a celebratory dinner like they used to do in the old days. And Chris happily accepts. All right. Well, in the courtyard, April introduces Tennifer to treat yourself and uh, gives her important career advice that only April could give. Yeah, we're in the courtyard now outside and, and April and Tennifer are like they appear to be like laying out. They're in lounge chairs. They're getting a suntan and they're receiving manicures while all this is happening and chatting back and forth like BFFs do. And then we see April subtly switch tactics, confiding in her new BFF that she doesn't really want this job. It's awful, blah, 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 blah. And Tinnifer, Tinny, follows what April is saying, and she totally thinks April is right. In fact, she's been thinking about going someplace warm while her husband is in jail. So, you know, win-win. Yeah. So I guess from this, April doesn't have competition anymore. Well, April sees another opportunity here <laughs> and uh, recommends that, you know, she stay at her house in Miami. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the gate jams a little bit, it but jams. don't worry about it. Just jump over. Just jump it. that it's, thing. It's fine. That's fine. So, yeah. Yeah. At Dwayne Wade's house, apparently. So. Yeah, you're going to throw a basketball at her head. <laughs> he will, if she's lucky. I like this science experiment. It's like she played the the long con, <laughs> and now did. it's like, now it's time for the now, payoff. Yes. Yep. That's exactly what she did. I yep. love it. Well, meanwhile, Alpha Ron, let's call it, uh, invited Leslie to his office once again and gives her the advice and feedback she needs to hear. Yeah, we. Um, this is essentially the second half of the Ron drags Leslie off somewhere yeah. show. Harvey, play the clip, sir. Okay, enough is enough. What is wrong with you, woman? I don't need to explain myself to you. I am the czar. I can do as I please. Those who cross the czar feel the wrath of the czar. Yeah. Anne is thinking about leaving Pawnee, moving with Chris. Well, that's nice. Nice, Ron. Edible arrangements are nice. <laughs> this is volcanically hot betrayal. She is my best friend. She's thinking about leaving, just like that. And she, she wants to talk to me about it. It's like, I don't even know what to say. That you love her, and you understand that it's her life, and geography will never change your feelings. Whatever. I don't even need her. <laughs> I've got Tennifer now, and Craig, and Eric, the racist drug dealer who I've yet to meet. Those are my real friends. You can't force friendship, Leslie. It takes time. I once thought I had a friend. 
Then it turned out he was the single worst person I have ever met. I agree with Ron, Leslie. <laughs> it's like Maz once said, hold on to your friends. Morrissey, the Smiths, you don't know meat is murder. It's one of the best songs ever written about industrialized beef consumption. Okay, Eagleton oh, Ron, God. I think it might be time for you to go. This Ron has a position pretty much locked up, and uh, I don't think we have any room for you in our department. Fair enough. I should have seen it. Tars and Capricorns, they were mixed, do they? Just remember, Ron, giving it a hate is like drinking salt water. The thirst only grows worse. Leslie, remove this man before I commit an act of violence against him. <laughs> Whatever you do, I won't fight back. <laughs> uh. Wow. He is the worst. So two two observations on that scene. First, the, the first part of the scene, it seems as though it's just our Ron yeah. and Leslie. Yeah. And then halfway through, the camera kind of pans slightly to the <laughs> left and slightly down where we see sitting in the corner out of sight in yoga position, Ron Dunn, which is why you hear him chime in all of a sudden like, oh, he's there. Love it. Um, and the second thing is, I got to say, for 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 the myth, the man, the legend, Ron Swanson. This was pretty good. This is pretty good advice. I mean, he's usually much more blunt than, than that. But to say, like, you know, you tell her you love her and you understand it's your life. That was actually stunning to me. It was great advice. And but it was still I actually would say it still was blunt, like almost as if, of course, you should do this, not what you're doing. Right. 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 Because, you know, basically anything but what you're doing is a better move. I think it's odd to hear the word love or anything equally as schmaltzy come out of his mouth. You're right. It was yeah. good advice, well, but it he's was He's got Diane in his life now. Uh, he's been civilized. He has. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I think it's working. Yeah, I think it is. Well, back in Tom's office, it's official. Eric has been replaced by Tom. And uh, over in Donna's desk, her and Craig begin to understand each other a bit better until the moment is rudely interrupted by the aforementioned Tom lowercase. <laughs> yeah, these are just a couple of really, really short clips back to back. So the first one, like you said, is is Tom uh, is, is in his office and he has apparently replaced Eric Eagleton Reservation Information Center with Tom Townwide Organizational Matrix, Love it. which, to be honest, it looks like a spreadsheet to me but pretty much what what do i know um so it looks like tom doesn't have competition anymore and we then cut to the uh bullpen where donna and craig are finishing up for the day and they establish that a they both love the tv show scandal b craig is as we've already seen devoted crazy and sort of endearing c craig thinks donna is amazing yep so I don't know, Alan. I, I, I can't see Leslie letting Donna go, but Craig might be a worthwhile addition. Of all of them, he seems like the keeper, as despite Agreed. his craziness. Yeah. 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 My, my favorite part of that scene, which has actually become a meme, is uh, when Tom like doesn't see Craig, or Craig doesn't see Tom probably more accurately as he's leaving, and he runs into Tom, <laughs> and he says, excuse me, who even are you? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I think we used that meme actually a couple of years ago. So wow, that's a funny one. I love it. Yeah, classic Craig. Yep. Yeah. Oh Craig. Oh Craig. 
Well, at Murphy's Steakhouse, it's time for Ben and Chris to celebrate over dinner. And uh, Mark, with me as a vegetarian, uh, which is nowhere near as crazy as a freaking vegan, by no, the way. No, I'll just say I will not be dining here anytime soon. <laughs> well, I might. We now cut to Murphy's Steakhouse, where Ben and Chris are attempting to, as you mentioned, Alan, relive their, their patented celebratory after-dinner tradition with... I think decidedly mixed results. Hey, Harvey, play the clip, man. How's your salad? Well, it's called the Good Earth Salad, but really it's just cheese, toffee, and gummy bear worms. Yeah. This town is really unhealthy. Yeah. I forgot that this part of being accounting bros was actually pretty depressing. I mean, after the intense, almost meth-like high of solving accounting puzzles, you're always just beat at the end of the day. I actually think it's something else. Back in the day, this was all we had. We'd go into a town, we'd fix problems, go back to some rundown motel. Yeah, you'd exercise, I'd rewatch Twin Peaks, <laughs> then hit the Twin Peaks message boards and read the secret diary of Laura Palmer of course. to find Easter eggs I'd missed. But now, Ann and Leslie are real partners. Yeah, that's a good thing. But you were a fine surrogate before we found them. Just so you know, we're thinking of moving. Don't know where yet, maybe Michigan to be with Ann's family. Wow, that makes me kind of sad, but also incredibly happy for you and Ann. We have come a long way. Something healthy. Cherry tomato. Nope. Gumball. Gumball. It looked like maybe a small island on which he could enjoy a salad there for a moment, but not. No, no. That that was a, a a short, momentary, nice. I think uh, uh, showing of of how, in some ways, Ben and Leslie can be diametric opposites. I mean, they clearly have some similarities, and they clearly love each other. But where Leslie has clearly been going manic crazy, that was a remarkably sane, thoughtful, and lucid comment by Ben. It, it was really good. Well, couples that work usually find balance for each other, right? Yes. One's chatty, one's not. Right. You know, you get two people with the same personality type. It doesn't always work, but no. you know. Well, Mark, speaking of that, finally in the kicker, Leslie finally comes around, eventually, and finds a similar appreciation for Anne's wishes as Ben did for Chris, albeit a bit more of a baby step. Yeah. In this final scene, we are back at City Hall, and we see Leslie at first giving a very heartfelt statement of apology and affection to whom uh, we might assume was Anne. But as the camera pans back, <laughs> we find out it was actually Evelyn, or as Leslie calls her, fake Anne, fake who, Anne. who Leslie was just using for practice. And we then see Anne arrive, at which point Leslie excuses Evelyn to leave. And she and Anne finally sit down and they smile at each other and... They start to talk things out. Fade to black. Very nice. Yeah. And they kind of, I wouldn't say it's a cliffhanger cliffhanger, but they didn't fully resolve it. Right. Agreed. Which I won't say is unheard of on this show, but unusual. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. They, they usually constructively do more with the kicker. 
Yeah. Like there's a little bit more of a, a period at the end of the sentence than we feel here. Instead of an ellipsis. Ellipsis. Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Indeed. There you go. All right. Well, hey, Mark, let's take a quick break. We'll uh, get our notes together for the second part of the show, and then uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, do our thing. Yeah, absolutely. Our thing is going to be done. All right. Well, we'll be right back, everybody. Do you have an urgent need for speed? Are you in the market for a flashy, rad motorcycle? Are you looking for some of the most impressively high interest rates this side of the Mississippi River? If so, then make your way down to Mitchell's Meme Machines and check out what they have in stock. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. When I first arrived at Mitchell's Meme Machines, located just a short drive south from Pawnee, I was only minorly impressed. But then I learned about Food Truck Fridays. This fantastic promotion involves a food truck and free turkey legs and bacon to all potential buyers. Since learning this, I have committed to perusing their fine establishment regularly, to the point where they have now named their special bacon-wrapped turkey leg a Swanson. Mmm. But back to crotch rockets. According to an acquaintance of mine, who said that Billy told him so, Mitchell's Mean Machines will customize your jacket, helmet, and other accessories to color coordinate with your Mean Machine. And they'll even equip it with the same engine used in the Air Force F-14. Uh, okay, I kind of doubt that one. Either way, their friendly sales folks, including Billy, are more than happy to help you with any of your motorcycle, ATV, or power sports needs. Just add whatever you buy onto the lease and you don't even really pay for it. Okay, I, I kind of doubt that one as well. It, it sounds like someone needs to speak to Billy's manager. Anyway, when you go to Mitchell's Mean Machines, tell them Ron sent you. Because if you don't, I'm eventually going to have to buy something. So, if you'll excuse me, I need to head south. The food truck arrives around 11. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, I'll do very quickly. I'll cover our deleted scenes. It won't take long, probably a little less time than we actually had deleted scenes. We only had about two minutes and Agreed. eight seconds. Right. I think there were three scenes, uh, a lot of accounting puns, mm -hmm. and then more accounting puns. Mm -hmm. uh, and Barney then, loved the deleted scenes. What's that? Barney loved the oh, deleted Barney scenes. Oh, Barney did? Yes. He's a big fan he, of accounting puns. Barney would really enjoy those deleted yeah. scenes. That's totally true. Barney is kind of missing here. Yeah, yeah. I agree. He he would love Dr. Buttons too. Oh, come to think of it, he would think that's hysterical. He would he would probably laugh so hard he'd blow out a kidney or something. Ted, get in here! <laughs> oh boy. Well, uh, and then I think the last one was April and Tom. Uh, it's kind of it's it's like basically where Tom talks about he's replaced Eric with Tom. Mm -hmm. It's an extended version of that. And I think there's a little bit of a, of a you know, kind of a wrap up of the Tennifer storyline there too. That's about all we missed. Yeah, I think you're so, right. Yeah. It was the right choice. It was the right choices yeah. as usual. 
So, Mark, how about first tropes, fun facts, goofs, that sort of thing? What did right. you get this week? Incoming. Well, for first, I came up with three. Okay. Um, and I probably realize I missed a fourth if we want to include Eagleton is now officially part of Pawnee. I, I think I thought maybe that was in the last episode, but we probably should count that as an official first here. So, you know, yeah, that's probably true. I just realized that we crossed but, the border. Yeah. So the three that I had yeah. were were first introduced to Craig. Yeah, I got who, that one. who of all the Eagleton counterparts is is the only one who, spoiler alert, will end up sticking around right. in any sort of a meaningful way. Yep. Now, having said that, we are also first introduced to. Ron Dunn, yeah, who won't be a regular, but does come back does at come least back. one yeah. more time. Yeah, um, we are also, I think, first introduced to Jerry's other name, Larry. Larry, yes, he said we've heard other Jerry names at this point, right? In joke, but this is the first time I think Larry has popped up. And I just, I gotta say, I just love how they ran with it. Like, okay, like it's almost like. Once it's established in air quotes, once it's established, he's now Larry Gingrich. Yeah. Jerry, Leslie, whoever, it's like they go, I don't want to do this, but the rules are the rules. That's like right. I, I got I'm recording my voicemail. I can't do anything about this. I'm powerless. <laughs> I am now Larry Gingrich because oh I can't God. fight back. That just is hysterical. Yeah. Um did I miss any firsts? Um I had that um well, so it's the first time we've had this director and the first time we've had this writer. So that's kind of a first. Oh yeah. I yeah. will also say that they're both first time since they're both first time writer and director, it's the first time since the first episode. So that's not really a trope, but it's the first time since the first episode we've had a pairing like that. Your mind hurts now, but yeah, I think you're right. It is true. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of went back and looked at my notes and, you know, they, they, I won't say they've recycled, but they've certainly reused a lot of people. They've had a lot of regulars. Mm, I see what you're saying. Um, and so we've yeah, been blessed with that. And we've talked to some of those folks and yeah. that was awesome. Uh, but the, the first time we've, we've seen either the, this writer or director and certainly we've first time since the first episode, we've had both in one episode. Good so, observation. Yeah. Just kind of interesting. Yeah. How about tropes? Uh, Mark, did you get any tropes this week? I bet you did. I did and here they come um first of all pbj which i realized oh, right. that maybe it should be pbl PL? for bunching bag larry i don't know I, I like pbj because of the funny peanut butter yeah, acronym I, I gotta keep that yeah we gotta keep it all right um leslie and compliments yeah i got that one no one can fill our shoes with those tiny little doll feet. feet yeah and there may have been a couple others too um uh, uh they're mostly anti evelyn than they, they are pro ann the others so. You know, I had one down here and I'm questioning it now. I had Leslie hates Eagleton. While I think that's still true, I don't think that she maybe exuded it as much in this episode as the last one. I agree with that. I had a different variant that may fill the void you're talking about. What that about. is. I said vindictive Leslie. <laughs> yeah, for a lot of different reasons. A lot of different reasons. Yeah. And she has been before. That's why it qualifies as a trope. Like when she's really hurt. She winds up here uh, mentally. Like, yeah, she's almost like a bloodlust. Like, and, I'm coming after yeah. you. And this is the most extreme version of that we've ever seen. But, yeah, boy, was it there today. Um, I had AAE, April Alter Egos. Oh, I don't know one. if this is really an alter ego exactly. It's not, like, as established as a Janet snake hole. But I think it counts. I, I believe it counts. Yeah. I'm going to count it, Mark. The Bing. judges, you know what they say? They say, yeah. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I had CCBC, Chris Cop, Ben Cop. Because <laughs> we've seen that like as we early as the it. very yeah, end of season true. two, where it's like, okay, you all are amazing. 
I love all of you. Ben has something to say. <laughs> You're all <fine. laughs> Um I had uh, MTC mugs to the camera. I know that there were several. I know Evelyn did. Evelyn I know did Tom it. did. And, and there may have been a few others. Ron Dunn did it. Did he? Evelyn and Ron did it in the same scene when Leslie's like, would it be weird oh, if oh, we yeah, all yeah, held yeah, hands? Yeah. They both did a look. Oh, at I missed that. Terrific. That's hysterical. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had Ben, B-I-N, Ben is a nerd because yeah. you know what you know what I'm going to use to calculate the tip? Me. <laughs> um, and I had food-driven Ron, but I think it's – I can't remember why I put that now. It may have become because he was so repulsed by freaking vegan. Yeah. But there was something food-based there that made me think, yeah, this is – I understand why he'd be mad. We'll, we'll take it. All right. Yeah. That's a weak one. What did I miss? I, that's it. I had the, a lot of the ones you did, and I just – uh you know, I caught the Ron Dunn mug there, but otherwise I think we we're on the same page. Noise. Yeah. Along with Vindictive Leslie. Of yes. Course. That's yeah. a good one. Um, Mark, I did not have any goofs this week. Did you? No, okay. I had no goofs. How about fun facts? The only thing I had of, of any interest, I guess, is uh, a, a couple of small little factoids yeah. uh, regarding uh, June Diane Raphael, yeah, who plays sure. Tinnifer, who yeah. is brilliant in that role. I think she yep. was very, very funny. So first one is uh, she's married in real life to actor and comedian Paul Shear, That's right. who uh, I first saw in The League. Oh um, yeah, and and who we know has has appeared on Parks and Rec in the season two episode Kaboom. Kaboom. Uh, yep. He was very good in that. Yeah. Um, June Diane Raphael has appeared with both Paul Shear and Chris Pratt in Bride Wars. That's right. Back in two thousand nine, and June Diane Raphael co-starred with Sam Elliott, who played Ron Dunn, on the Netflix show Grace and Frankie. Where, Raph, where June Diane Raphael played Grace's uh, daughter and, and Sam Elliott played uh, Grace's love interest. So just kind of interesting. It's, it's a small world in a way. I got one more, Mark. Uh, so there's a connection. Jason Manzoukas, who, of course, played Dennis Feinstein. Yeah, yeah. Uh, June and Paul all are on a podcast together called How Did This Get Made? Nice. So nice. Yeah. Not to mention the numerous times that she's been on a what was that spoof like a, a, a New York a cops SUV or it, yeah. she, I forget what it was called, but it was yeah. very, very funny. It was yeah. a complete weird parody, but yeah. it was like Paul Shear was in it yeah. and she was in it. And actually, Jason Manzoukas may have guest starred in it. He it just it had that same it. group yeah. of people that tend to do things he, he's, together. He's on, the, he's on their speed dial. I'm pretty sure about oh, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, Mark, I had one other fun fact. Um, yeah. The the green bench that they sat, they sit on in Leslie's office is the same at the very end at the very end is okay. the same green bench that basically her and Mark uh, Brandana quits. Yeah. Set on at the end of season uh, one to talk about the future of the pit. Oh, interesting. And I believe in fact, it's shown up at least one other time since then. And I can't remember where it was. I, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty smart about reusing props yeah. like that not just because it's there but sure. also like maybe for little easter eggs little easter eggs fans yeah. that want to attend to the yeah. details like i'm that. sure they could have bought another bench on their budget but, oh sure you know they saved a few bucks and got the benefit of a nice easter egg yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah that's true all right well nice job there on the fun facts mark uh, should we get into our scores all right let's get into the scores here we go so my mvp for this episode look Here's the way I look at this. I, yeah. My I, my uh, parking space has already been uh, horribly uh, uh, taken away from me. Uh, I know what you're going to do. On account of uh, 
I said that the uh, the 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 London supersized thing was beyond category. Yeah, and and I I like that. Yeah, but, uh, the 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 brass they don't they like they, they, they don't now. like that. They like your square better. Yours yeah. just suck up. But anyway, so so what I did here is I actually gave an okay one, but it's it's not really like a one or a co. What I said my MVP are the Eagleton counterparts. Okay, so especially because I want to do a special tip of the hat to these three. Craig Middlebrooks, yeah, uh, played by a uh, 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 Billy Eichner, yep. uh, Sam Elliott as Ron Dunn, yeah. and uh, as we just said, June Diane Raphael as as Tinnifer. That those three were fantastic. So I, so I got some things to say about this. I thought about giving this momentarily to Amy Poehler because, in a sense, on paper, it seems as though she is. As we've described her sometimes as the glue mm-hmm. that sometimes hold a lot together. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I have some things to say later that laid it made me think I am going to go in this direction instead, and I'm happy with it. So, okay. as I said, hats off to Billy Eichner, Sam Elliott, uh, June Diane Raphael. All three were hilarious, and they and in my opinion, they really served to bring to life what for me otherwise would have been a rather blah episode. Um, I think I mentioned this during our analysis of the last episode, Alan, the Pawnee Eagleton tip-off classic, but I absolutely love from a, a plot, uh, a concept and perspective, the expansion uh, of this real-life Springfield of Pawnee yeah. uh, throwing Eagleton into the universe. Because yeah. in a sense, Eagleton has been there a long time. Like we've mentioned Eagleton from a long time ago. So conceptually, it's there. So this isn't totally new. But what they've done here is brilliant because it officially and smartly have brought over a whole new uh, group of people, Craig and Ron Dunn, et cetera. But you've also brought over a whole new genre of people. So instead of just having like the typical uh, overweight, apathetic, crazy Pawneeans, we now also have the stuck up, snooty, just as crazy uh, Eagletonians who have finally got a little bit of a comeuppance now because there's no way that they, they or any city could have their lavish lifestyle and not have to pay the piper you know yes they are um i thought that the ben chris story it had a few semi-sweet moments but largely i'm gonna be blunt i think it was a waste of time like it it wasn't very interesting i didn't think it really went anywhere it did establish Mm -hmm. that there is a strong uh, friendship between Mm -hmm. ben and chris i get that i acknowledge that but I got to say, I noticed as I was describing the, the the scenes with them, I struggled to find anything meaningful to say. And I kind of mm. feel like that's telling. Like I could go, well, they're auditing again and they like it. Back to you, Alan. Like that. <laughs> that's all I could think of to say. <laughs> um, so that's that. For the Anne is leaving storyline, I think the very nature of this storyline had tremendous potential. I mean, imagine this. Imagine really giving Anne and Leslie a platform like to 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 go at it snake hole lounge style, right? Like getting mad at each other and going too far. And I realize Anne can't drink, but Leslie can. That's and true. I mean, and, and just, you know, clashing and getting mad and hurting each other's feelings and then reconciling and sadly accepting what Anne's saying. Like this could have been epic. Instead, it was almost a throwaway story. And and I recognize that technically from a plot perspective, yes, it was important that Anne break this news to Leslie. And I will grant you, Anne demonstrated intimate knowledge, which I did like, of Leslie in the creative way she tried to distract her. But overall, I was very disappointed with what it could have been and what they did with it. I just it just felt like 
just nothing. You and, think and they left cards on the table, basically. A lot, yeah. especially there at the end. But also, I just felt like it was just lacking. Mm. Like it kind of had the structure of something that would be something. And then it just went, you know, um, I did like seeing the Pawnee gang interacting with their Eagleton counterparts. But I, I tell you, as fun as that was, and it was fun, but going past the surface enjoyment, it felt like even that storyline wasn't horribly deep. I mean, it was fine. It was okay. But ah, I don't know. I, I just felt wanting for, and I, and, and let me tell you something else. Uh -oh. oh, Leslie, Leslie, Leslie. Okay. First, I want to be fair here. Okay. In general, Leslie is a very difficult character to, to balance appropriately because she has yeah. to be admirable, but not saintly. She has to be wacky, but not a cartoon. Yeah. And that's tough, you know, and she's, yeah. she's the main protagonist. So we have to relate to her, but yet be impressed by her. I mean, it, that's a tough thing. It is. I, that's my life, Mark. So I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, like your life, Alan, the uh -huh. writers for Parks and Rec are brilliant. Yeah, they are. Um, and, and, and we've talked about this many times. Like, they do a great job. And for the most part, despite how difficult it must be to write for her, they do a really, mm -hmm. really good job. But every now and again, we get an episode where her craziness goes a little too far and she teeters on being unlikable or full-fledged dives into that pool. Um this was another example of Leslie getting close to that danger zone where she overreacts so much it borders on affecting other people in a serious way. And as always, she does uh, uh, self-correct, especially with a little mentoring from Ron. So I get that. And that's that's nice, I suppose. But I I found this to be a little tiresome. Like, I suppose for something as important as her friendship with Anne, I was hoping for a little bit more raw honesty and just being mm -hmm. able to deal with it. And I just I felt a little disappointed we didn't get that. I think for me, what made it worse is we already had a pretty healthy helping of Leslie Manic over the top meltdown freak out in the last episode. And you can't go to that well too many times. Otherwise, it gets old, you know, yeah. and Leslie being unlikable starts to become an undesirable baseline. And no one wants that. You know, Leslie deserves better than that. Yeah. So I don't know. Leslie is often portrayed as like a near unstoppable juggernaut. But because she's so kind and thoughtful, this often works to her advantage. But the problems start to sneak in when several, when someone else's worldview runs contrary to hers. And she's not great at seeing the world through the eyes of others. And as a result, I think sometimes she has trouble with meaningful empathy. That's just an observation from a nickel psychologist. That's um, fair. All right. On to the crazy Mark rubric. Base score, 3.5. I thought that the A story was okay, but honestly, I thought the B and C stories kind of bored me. Uh, even the A story was not great, but it was made very enjoyable, I think, largely due to the Eagletonians. Mm. Um, I'm going to give a full point for my episode MVP, which I'll continue the loss of my parking space for, the Eagleton counterparts. I thought they did a great job. And I'm also, I'm, I was so impressed by that, and I thought it made such a difference in, in dragging this episode up at least to a respectable level, is I gave one and a half points to what I considered the interaction combo, meaning the very funny scenes with April and Tennifer, plus the very funny scenes with Ron and Ron Dunn, plus the funny scenes with Donna Craig, and a little bit with Tom Eric. That was a little bit, probably the lesser of them, and a little bit of a throwaway, but yeah, it was still funny it, it, to, a, to a degree. Um, so one and a half points for that. Um, 
I'm going to give half point for Anne coming up with inventive ways to distract Leslie. I, I know I've said that before. That joke really worked for me. So I, 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 I tip yeah. my hat and I give full props for that. I'm going to give half point for what I call the, the, the realization combo, which is a combination of Leslie finding her way back with a nudge from Ron, but also Ben and Chris appreciating their past working together, but realizing their lives are much better now. I do concede that was a nice touch and I like that. And I'm going to give one last half point for what I call, I didn't know what, how to tell it, say this. I call it the joke combo. And what I mean is I felt like there were several individual jokes that were written just fine and they were delivered just fine. And in a vacuum were just fine on their own and they deserve merit, even though maybe they didn't gel into a meaningful cohesive story for me as much as they could have yeah so for me you add up those those uh mark points up and you come up with 7.5 little sebastians and i realize it probably seems like i've just peppered this episode with negative after negative thing and i suppose i have but it doesn't mean i didn't enjoy it there were things in this episode that like really 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 worked like i think there were things that were thoroughly enjoyable glancing at certain scenes are almost iconic, but the the rest of it was just such a letdown for me. Um, still enjoyable, but, but on, on the lesser part of the normal scale for their episode. So hopefully that wasn't too brutal, but there you go. Alan, that's my review. Rock the scuba if you dare. <laughs> uh, I'll rock Mr. Buttons instead this week. How's that? Oh, so. Mr. Buttons. He hasn't got his degree yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't see why you would lose your parking space over that. I, I, I like the MVP combo you had. I think that's good. And you'll see kind of uh, that I wasn't totally on a separate page. Uh, my co-MVPs this week were Amy Poehler and Sam Elliott. Okay. Specifically Sam Elliott. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that, you know, uh, you know, uh, June Diane Raphael or right. and, uh, and, Billy Eichner. And Billy Eichner, I mean, who's amazing. Yeah. I kind you of, don't even know. <laughs> and I also have eczema. Um, <laughs> right. I, I feel like I, I like that character a lot and he's a hard person to like. And I think my first viewing of Parks and Rec, I found him a little bit grating. Mm -hmm. I get that. But I've come to really like the character. I do too. And so when I, I realized we were here again, I was going to get to see him. I enjoyed it a little differently this time. I'd say it that way. Um, and I know that later on, I'll probably have him as an MVP. So I kept him out of the mix. You know, poor Evelyn. I, I think she suffered just not having a lot of dialogue. I, think I agree. She actor, was fine. She, she actually did a pretty good job. And there was some comedy just in her 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 look to cameras and her yeah. and her minor minor set of uh, dialogues. So maybe that would have been nice to see a little more of that. So, um, but you know, and June was great too. I mean, Tennifer. I mean, what a character. Right. So, right. But uh, I, I'm just a Sam Elliott fan. I'll just say it. Look, you take you take. That mustache yeah. oh and my God. that laconic voice. Yes. He is one of the few people on the planet that yeah. I would say him and maybe Ben's dad yeah. and Ron all in the same room. I don't know. That, I don't know who would win. Amazing. That'd be epic is what it'd be. But he's one of the few. He is. M mustache included. Yeah. <laughs> But then to to say like, you know what? We're not going to make him an Uber Ron. No. We're going to completely Hippie. turn the tables. Brilliant. Brilliant. 
It really was. Agreed. Yeah, it really was. I, I And I think the first time we obviously didn't see that coming because I was my familiarity with him is in Westerns and things like that. He's kind of grizzled and very you could grizzled. see like he was going to out Ron Ron. That's oh, what I yeah. thought they were going to do. I did too. Is we a Ron off. Yeah. But no, they went a different direction, which was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, it really was. Um, and I just saw Sam uh, and, you know, one of the Yellowstone, uh, Yellowstone properties, the prequel. I think mm. it's called 1896 or something like that. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So it was, you know, he was terrific in that. So I just, I'm a big fan of his. So, and I felt like Amy Poehler did the best job she could have with the script she was given. And I, my problems are probably not as much, like I have a hard time holding Amy responsible for my, my concern for Leslie. You're, you're, you know what? Your point is valid. And I think in general, as we've had this podcast, I've struggled with that too. It's hard. Do, do yeah. I penalize the actor or actress versus the character yeah. versus the writing versus the delivery? Honestly, it's tough. It all kind of gloms together for it me, does. but I take your point. Yeah. I tried this week. I tried to separate them and I, I felt like Amy I can from the that. primary cast was probably certainly had the most intense part to play and uh, did a really good job with it. So th those are my MVPs. Yeah. Um, this was one of those weeks where, you know, how I feel versus how I, how I technically rate this show were totally different. Yeah. Um, I, I probably just based on my general like of the episode and kind of its function and the overall arc and the creativity of introducing this whole new set of people, like all in one episode, like that's a big undertaking for the writers. I, I think I would have gone as high as an eight and a half, mm -hmm. but on the technical merits and some of my pet peeves, which are not that different than yours, I couldn't give it that score. So I'll get back to that. Okay. Um, again, I think it's impressive to expand the universe. I, I know you call it uh, the Springfield uh, principle, I guess, you know, yeah. that, that's, that's a smart way to look at it. Cause especially when you look at that character sheet of symptoms, that's got thousands of characters. Yeah. It does that now. Is amazing. Yeah. It does now after what, 40 years. Yeah. Uh, Parks and Rec, of course, only had seven, but I'd say it did a really impressive job of that. And there's still characters to come and be introduced to later in six and, and season seven as well. Right. Um, I do think that this episode suffered heavily from its uh, re its requirement to fulfill this arc, though, right? Mm -hmm. Setting up the Anne Chris departure in more detail, um, moving on to the next logical step of what happens after a uh, you know a reabsorption of of Eagleton into Pawnee. Like you know, clearly they're going to have to get rid of some people. You know, they can't have eight people in the parks department for what is probably really three people's uh, work, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think they had some interesting challenges to deal with that made this episode. Um, I guess it saddled it a little bit, to my point, and it was probably never going to be a 9.0 or a 9.5 episode just because of the function it had to serve in my mind. I would agree with that. So, you know, I tried to give it a little bit of benefit of the doubt for that Um but I'd still felt like a couple of things specifically. The end, I think they could have done a better job of wrapping that up. Right. Because it almost felt like part one of two. And I'm pretty sure in the next episode, we don't get part two. I think you're right. And I think especially once I you see that and you're going to feel cheated that they didn't kind of pick up and like dot the I. Then you'll come back to this episode and be even more disappointed by the ending. So I'm just pretty disappointed this week. Would, would, you, would you agree with with one of the sentiments I, I mentioned that I, I think had they treated 
the Anne telling Leslie thing right, mm-hmm. it, it, they could have doubled down they on it and made it epic. Now, I know it's hindsight's twenty twenty, and my yeah. God, the, the, these guys are more talented than I will ever be, like ever, yep. ever, ever, ever. But Agreed. We all agree. It no, just, no. <laughs> you shut your, you, you shut your damn mouth. It, right. it, but it, it does seem like a missed opportunity it in does. hindsight. It does. And that's easy for us to look at this yes. backwards and kind of go, oh, yeah, I would have totally yeah, clearly, done this. Clearly, clearly, yeah. idiots. Yeah. Like a Monday morning quarterback, right? <laughs> right? 13 years later. So uh, That's football, right? It is. That is football. All right. right. I do that. That's the one with the pointy ball. Yeah, right? I do that ball. You do that ball? I, I that do ball? sports. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did like the moment where Ron got to mentor Leslie a little bit. I thought that was in character yeah. and well done. I agree. And as blunt as she needed to hear it, uh, yet livingly delivered. Well, and, and, and very much in Ron's character, like enough is enough. Yeah. I'm going to politely, but firmly grab you, physically remove you, sit you down and go woman to to talk to me. What's going on? I love that when Ron is upset with her, he just calls her nope. He doesn't call her Leslie. Right. And so that was true to form here as, as well. And I think, you know, he, he told her what she needed to hear in the moment um, again, maybe a little earlier in the episode and then give her more time to tie it, tie things up the correct way with mm-hmm. Anne, much the way that Ben was able to do with Chris. Although they clearly have different personalities and have different response models, let's just call it that, to uh, to news that they don't want to hear. You know, Ben's just a calmer dude. Like he just yes. doesn't get as upset as Leslie does. So I don't think it was unless out of he's character. going on TV, then he freaks well, out. Well, then he freaks out. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think it was out of character for her to get upset. So I didn't have sadly big, no. Yeah, I know, but I that's why I didn't have as big a problem with it. Like I think I probably had a bigger problem with some of her other obnoxities uh, at different times than I did this one in particular because of how much Anne means to her and how much she's going to miss her. Not the best way to deal with it, but. Right. Did you feel like this, for example, was less egregious on Leslie's part than like what she did in the prior episode? I do. Yeah. A little bit. Anyway. I get that. All right. Last things. Um, The A story was five stories. Too much. Like it was nice to expand the universe and we got to meet all these Eagleton people, but we spent a lot of time with each of them, except Evelyn. And I mean, really, because of that, um, I mean, it's just screen time. You didn't get to use for other things. I, I totally agree with that. You know what I think would yeah. have been great? And it is the last thing I'll say about because I don't want to beat this horse with a stick too much. But <laughs> I would have really loved it if they could have taken the Eagleton people meeting the Pawnee people and made that it. Like not had That's the Ben the not, not had the Ben Chris story, not had the Ann telling Leslie story, just did that because you I thought what? that was actually pretty good. And then have maybe an entire Maybe not an entire episode, but Pretty most close. of an episode about Anne and Leslie coming to loggerheads and working it out. I would have loved that. That would have been a very different episode and probably had an A, B, C, and D story that were more spread out. And so you try to basically cram part one, part two, part three, or A, B, C, D, E right. into, into the A story. A, 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 B? No, let's <laughs> not do that. Um the B story is only half a story and the C story was only half a story. Yeah. So you were going to feel like you got cheated no matter what. A little bit. Yeah, I agree. So it was inevitable. Um, I gave this eight little Sebastians. Um, I totally don't necessarily disagree with 7.5. I know why you wound up there. And like I said, I when I just look at how much I enjoy the episode and kind of forget that there's these disappointments there. There are some really good moments and funny moments and oh, touching yeah. moments. And so I think it can get to an 8.25. We're not allowed to do that, of no, course. No, we're not allowed to do that. Uh, pretty easily. So I, I would say on the the feeling side, 8.5. On the technical side, 8.0, for sure. 
At so, so what's your official score? Because you know we're only it's alone. Eight. It's, it's eight. okay. It's an eight. Yeah. I mean, when we put it down in the history books, I gave it eight. So <laughs> okay. yeah. And one of these days we'll update our website. I swear to God, we will. And uh, we'll go put all of our old scores on there. I think it'd be nice to look back at that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we haven't done a good job of that. So. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're busy people, Mark. We are busy people. That's right. Speaking of which, uh, we are busy, in fact, preparing for season six, episode five at this point. Gin it up. Gin it up. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to that episode. And we appreciate you listening this week. Please go out on Apple Podcasts. Try to rate and review us if you would. Um, You know, we've asked for that a lot and we don't get a lot of response on that. So we mean you. Yes, you. You're the person hearing this. We're talking to you. You, the one that's looking away like we're not talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later today is fine. Either one. We'll we'll give you till tomorrow. All right. Yeah. Time's ticking. Yeah. 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 So uh, you can also check out our website. Like I said, we'll, we'll do some work on that soon. We're on the, the, that Instagram thing and yeah. the Twitter thing occasionally. And, uh, yeah. We, we, we try to post every once in a while as well. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening to everybody this weekend. Uh, we will see you next time. All right. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us.